Friday afternoon deploy featuring DJ Oz. I have a confession to make. Mm. <laughs> I am developing record. a serious coke addiction. Uh, not mm. not nose beers. You're talking. No, I'm talking uh, about the, the, the soda. Mm. Yeah. Is it bad if I mix Sweet, my coke with alcohol? It uh, depends you, on who you ask. I, I think a lot of people do that. That concludes I'm fine with my it. terrible dad joke of the day. Mm. My questionable dad joke uh, has happened. I'm going to drink slightly less beer. That's good. Today. That's, yeah. <laughs> During the show, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's all. You, you don't know, have to. Small goals. No, I know. Uh, welcome back for another week. Tyrell's, you haven't been here for, has it, has it been a few? It feels like it's been a few. Yeah, it's been a few. We missed you. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. Welcome back. Make yeah. Me, make me feel awkward. You missed, mm. uh, <laughs> you, you missed We're good sales, sales guy on the show. You heard it, but you, you, you missed participating. I missed the experience. You missed reining that in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so did we, Alan. Yeah, we did. <laughs> uh, we just bombed him with all sorts of terms, and, and he was supposed to try and throw some at us, but No, uh, it never got happen. flipped around on us. Mm. Uh, but, it, hey, that was fun, and um, w- there's a bunch of B-roll from that. <laughs> Believe it or not, <laughs> some of that made it to the cutting room floor. It did. That is the cut version of it. Um <laughs> I, I I will say my favorite moment was <laughs> was Seth congratulating Alan for his lifelong <laughs> achievement of reading, reading books. books. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That was good. But uh, you know, there's some fun stuff from that 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 didn't make it into the episode, and so I I do think uh, this is where I pitch the Patreon again because because <laughs> yeah. we do we do have a Patreon that's uh, Patreon.com/slash Ready Afternoon Deploy, and I think we'll put. Um, some of those offcut uh, bits on there for for patrons. So we'll we'll put some some of the stuff that doesn't make it in the cuts. There's always a good fun, maybe like two to three minutes of recording session where we record the intros for the show. Mm. Uh, that those can probably come across in verbatim because they're they're pretty fun to listen to. Yeah, and there there was a. A few episodes back where you and I sat in here for like another 30 minutes. Yeah, we really riffed for a yeah, while. It, they do yeah. turn into riffing yeah. sessions, which can be kind of fun. So yeah. I think I think that'll be fun for the Patreon, something that we can throw out there. We don't have to spend a lot of time editing it uh, just for, uh, for that part. And we had a listener um, in the office yesterday. Uh, uh, Wayman was in the office yesterday. Oh, okay, cool. Wayman. Yeah. Uh, he was here for the Python meetup, and he he mentioned seeing on like some of the episode artwork um, you know, pictures from in here while we're recording. And he was like, do you guys ever live stream it? And we have a couple of mm. times. I told mm. him to go find, there's a few archived ones on YouTube. Uh, but he was like, I would really, really enjoy it, seeing it in that format. So we might have to start doing mm. live streaming again. Yeah, we can give that a go uh, again. Yeah. Said I, I, he said Our bandwidth was not... We can optimize. Yeah, I can. I can. Now that I know, now we have one confirmed uh, uh, person who wants that. 
uh, maybe I can spend a little bit more time on on setting up the the setup for that. But. Someone was asking me questions last time we live streamed. They were like live streaming questions at me about, I think the beer on the table. Yeah, or something like I that. think yeah. Brenna was harassing you about that. She was yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, there were a couple of then. So you were you were fielding uh, our live I was, callers. I was, so yeah, I was speak. I was yeah. in the uh, the uh, YouTube chat. Much appreciated. Mm. Uh, yeah, so we might start doing that as well, and and uh, you can. We'll post that places. Mm-hmm. You know, go do some work. Go find it. Yeah, uh, it, it'll be out there. <laughs> um, so I have I had something I wanted to talk about today, which is not necessarily about. So it's a product, but I'm not really here to talk about the product. Um, the founder of it presented actually to our our Python Meetup group yesterday. Um, so we'll talk about what it is, but. Uh, not really pitching it. I haven't used it. I've seen tutorials on it, and I and I watched a talk on it. But what was really fascinating about it um, were the the architecture and the programming hoops they had to jump through to make this possible. Mm. Um, so uh, uh, Meredith Luff uh, is his name. He's from the UK. Uh, presented to Fayette Pi last night, um, three a.m. local time for him. So uh, what a trooper! Yeah, uh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he is CEO, founder, or something. Um, uh, definitely like lead developer on a product called Anvil. Anvil.works is the URL. I think he's listed as the founder. Founder, yeah. Um, and so Anvil is um, it is a full stack web like web app development um, platform. platform. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like a combination of like a, a platform as a service, as well as like a web-based IDE, mm-hmm. as well as um, other like dev. There's like CI toolkits in it. Uh, but the idea is that you like build web apps using a GUI, uh, comparable maybe to you guys have maybe done more iOS than me, but I know that like uh, in Xcode you can build interfaces with a GUI and connect things up, right? Yeah, it, it, I saw what I saw. Did remind me a little of the the drag and drop nature of the uh, interface builder and yeah, yeah. Xcode kind of reminds me of Android Studio and I know uh, I've actually probably done more with uh, Visual Studio 2015 like yeah back in the day mm-hmm. um, you could create forms yeah. like that form apps and drag and drop stuff around and then um, gives you a little function and then you you know define your Routine within that function, like right. that, but but you're not really having to do CSS to make it be where you want it to exactly. be. Exactly, yeah. and, and, and so that's kind of cool. And that's what their GUI does. You like create a button and you tie it to an action, and then you you know if you double click the button, you jump into Python source code of the um, the you know the click action of that right. button, for example. Right. Um, and so I will I will put uh, it's not on YouTube yet. But I will I will put it in the show notes. Uh, it'll be there before then. We recorded the presentation that he gave to the meetup group last night, and so we'll put that out there. And I'll put the link there for people. Looking yeah, I'm at looking it. forward to uh, seeing that too because I I didn't get to make it. So and and, and they have some video content out there, but um, you know, essentially like the the pitch, if you will, how to in a hello world kind of thing. Mm. Um, and he gave that. That was the beginning of the presentation, <laughs> but he spent the rest of the time talking about how the hell they did it. Um, and it's pretty fascinating because they've got server-side code um, running, mm. uh, code that you write through a browser, um, and 
HTML and CSS and JavaScript that you're dragging and dropping and you're writing Python code to control it. Um, and all of that is working seamlessly, meaning that you're writing front-end code in Python hmm. that is being executed by a Python server behind it. Um, you're not touching any JavaScript throughout this process. So you can kind of look at that from, you know, like naively and go, oh, is it API driven? You know, how does it work? But what they've done is they've created what they call um, live objects, essentially. It's a serialization of Python objects that serialized to JSON, sent to the front end, um, and they use a JavaScript. Uh, Python to JavaScript transpiler called Sculpt, I believe it's called. Did I send you guys a link to that? They use JavaScript, right? They use JavaScript, so you don't have to. Would that be inaccurate? C- kind of. So they, so I'm sure that they do have to get in and write some JavaScript, but they're doing a lot of their work in Sculpt, which is this. Um, I'm looking up the full URL for it. But yeah, Sculpt.org. If I'm looking at the right with one, with a K. Yeah, yeah. S K U L P T dot org. Um, and so, so uh, I'll pick on Meredith a little bit. He starts off his talk saying, "Like, man, building web apps is super, super complicated because you have all of these layers of abstractions. You have ORMs where you're writing stuff um, that generates SQL, but to make it feel Pythonic, they're doing these really black magicy things like overloading every operator and what a less than sign does doesn't do what you actually think it does. You know, it's invoking all this other code under the hood, and then the same thing happens." When you uh, go to, you know, you're writing CSS essentially to translate pixels. So you've got this abstract. So he talks about all the layers of abstraction and all the black magic, magic in between. And then was like, we got rid of all that and you just write Python. Mm-hmm. To which I was like, hang on a second. I just traded all that black magic for your particular fucking flavor of black yeah, magic. Which uh, this, this is something that I've run into, you know. <clears throat> so I haven't used Anvil, but I have. Um, Played around with uh, with a Beware project. I like the Beware stuff. Um, so it's uh, Russell Keith McGee's company. Yeah. yeah. So they're they're trying to solve a similar problem. Um, the problem of JavaScript. <laughs> sorta. Well, you know, to be fair, it's it's kind of the JavaScript's trying to solve that problem too. JavaScript's trying to solve the problem. Of yeah, JavaScript. which gives us uh, well. That's why we have TypeScript. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Coffee script. They're trying to solve the problem of I don't want to. Write Java for an Android app and Swift right. for that's an where, iOS yeah. app, and that's everybody wants to be the one language. And so that's what the, succinctly Beware says: write once, deploy everywhere, and they're including yeah. iOS and Android, right? Yeah, and and the idea is that yes, write once, and then you could deploy it as a web app, you could deploy it as a mobile app, you, you know. Um, and so uh, I know Beware isn't quite there yet, and they're they're you know always looking for help, looking for different uh, folks to help them with their transpilers, right? Right. It's just, you you do, you write Python. But what, what made me think of that is I was playing around with it, and yeah, you have to learn their way of doing it, though. Which, right. you know, I've already gone a long ways to learn that's, React Native. That's their black magic. You have to learn that spell book. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, you have to learn their incantations. And what's, so what, but it's really fascinating what they've been able to do. It's one of those things that I don't look at it as a product that I would ever want to use, but I still think the case study of how you build it's fascinating. So they have these live objects. Who, and, who's they again? And this is Anvil. Okay, this is going back, back to Anvil. Just yeah. make sure. Um, they have these live objects, and your the front end version of your application 
has a WebSocket connection open, mm. uh, doing RPC, right, remote mm. procedure calls, to a server that is then like interpreting that with Python. Um, and whenever the server sends a response, it sends this serialized thing which represents the object and actually has a bunch of like Python's built-in methods attached to it that do the things they're supposed to do that then gets like transpiled to JavaScript and runs in the front end. And you then manipulate those objects and as you're changing properties on them or calling attributes or, or you know, accessing attributes or calling methods um, or, or anything like that, even like incrementing a counter that's attached to it, mm. it's actually sending over mm. the WebSocket that state change and it's being mirrored in parallel on the back end. So like, the, I asked him after the presentation, I was like, can I write really sloppy code that like increments an attribute in a for loop even though maybe I only want the final value? And not all the intermediate values is like is that sending as fast as my for loop runs web mm-hmm. RPC calls? And he's like, yeah. Wow. So you have to think about that for efficiency. Yeah. But but it is this like really crazy thing where um, basically I don't know it's it's like it, almost like you're working with Python objects in in JavaScript and it's managing all the communication back and forth, which is which is really cool from like a tech. Tech perspective. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the way I feel about Beware too. Like what it what it's doing and what it can do, uh, even you know, is is uh, is interesting. It's yep. an interesting problem to tackle. But I but I'm scared of these things. Sure, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he talked about how like uh, you don't really fully eject from it, but it has ways to mm. um, you know you can. All of your projects get exposed to Git repositories. You can pull it down and version control it and all that stuff. Gotcha. You don't just have to use the web-based ID. Um, and you um, have the ability to actually jump into the HTML and CSS to do things. But they made a really solid point that you don't have to do like, um, uh, what's the, for, uh, you would know this, Alan. Mm. Uh uh, I hope, React. I hope I do. There's a React. It's like Vue CLI for React. It's like oh, a yeah, project yeah. bootstrapper. Uh, create React app. Yes, create React app. Um, where where in that ecosystem, as soon as you want the training you can, wheels off, you can eject. You eject. Right? Yeah. And then you're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you eject. Then we hope you know what you're doing. Yeah. And then <laughs> yeah. you're and then you're standing in the middle of the desert with a parachute and the and the fucking and the pieces and, of an airplane and and, and, <laughs> and a, a web webpack standard operating procedures guide from 1962. Yeah. And uh, and that's what you get. They said they didn't want that approach. Uh, they think of it more like escape hatches. Um, that you can come into those lower level systems, you know, peek through a hole, tweak what you want, but at no point does it force you to eject. You can always mm. go back into the editor and go back oh, into now that's the, cool. to the tools, which is um, interesting but also complicated. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's uh, that's always been kind of a scary thing in my mind with uh, create uh, React app, and I haven't played around with that in a while. I've been more in Vue land and Vue CLI, right. Um, I want to say the last time, anyway, that I messed with it, Vue Cli is more robust. I don't know if Vue Cli <laughs> has an eject, but I do I know think that it does in the new versions of Vue Cli. But you don't um, really need one. I, we haven't had to, right? Yeah, but I, I did find one point where Vue is not actually. Um, I, I could not find a way to easily access the actual webpack config that was taken away from me. Yeah, um, it's you. You have to dig into the node modules, which already tells you like, yeah. are, do you? Whoa, which do, means when I inevitably you really, you're in an abandoned <laughs> where get get out of the warehouse. You you don't need to be in here. Which means when I inevitably 
uh, nuke node modules uh, from orbit five times a day because suddenly all of the dependencies <laughs> have atrophied just sitting there on my disk, uh, then I lose whatever config I change in there, right? Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, hell, I'm pretty sure rm-rf node modules is in the artwork for Friday Afternoon Deploy's show. I think it's one mm. of the silhouetted abort yeah. uh, functions in the background. That's how commonly I use it. Uh, <laughs> I thought everyone would relate. Um, but still, I, I thought that was an interesting concept. I don't know how much abstraction Vue CLI has around it. I know, uh, you know, React, I, I, when you use their CLI, they've got some abstraction away from Webpack even. Like there's there's some stuff in that node modules that talks to Webpack. That, right. And that's essentially why you have to eject. Like you're taking out that middleman at that point. Right. Um, I I believe that um, for one thing I did need to do that Vue CLI has like hooks in the Vue config file that let you um, add or configure plugins for Webpack from there. So you're not yeah. actually editing Webpack config. So it's definitely doing some programmatic generation, some abstraction, yeah, uh, there for you. Uh, which was actually because I never actually needed to get into the Webpack config was actually kind of welcome because I didn't want to mess with it. Right, right. And yeah. I was able to accomplish what I needed through that. So, And what I, I like to, Vue CLI will give you uh, Vuex and Vue Router plugged in. And see, the last time I used uh, Create, Create React, React, yeah, and, and granted, this has been a, a year or so ago, uh, it wouldn't do that. And so that was a part of like, oh, now you need, you need a, a big boy app? Eject it and plug in Redux. And, yeah. See ya. And read some Webpack. Bye, Felicia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. yeah uh, one other interesting thing um, that Meredith brought up was they have a free version of this. So all of this code runs on their hardware. Hmm. They have some pro version that. that Tyrell just showed me, which is ungodly expensive, um, that lets you run it on your own hardware, provided you pay your own hardware costs, plus mm. this like uh, pretty expensive licensing fee for it, right? Oh no, no, this one was, this one was, licensing fee plus your AWS costs. Like it, it wasn't they had the I didn't see the details on the run it on your own infrastructure. That's that's what I meant. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, not your not like on prem, but I meant yeah, a dedicated basically. Here's the your EC two bill. Yeah, here's the fee, but also you have to pay your AWS bill as well. Yeah, so, but uh, because they have a free version and this runs on their hardware, he was talking about. Um, so here's an interesting challenge: we're letting anyone on the internet come in here, click a couple buttons, and we're going to execute code for them on our hardware. Yeah, that's pretty terrifying. That's right? scary. Yeah, for real. How do they get around that? And the answer is that um, on their free version, they uh, made some. So they're running actually on on PyPy, the Python, mm. uh, uh, com, the Python written version of, of it's Python written in Python. Um, it's compiled right, but the yeah. source code for it's in Python. Um, and because it gets compiled uh, somewhere in that, and PyPy, I found out is derivative from R Python. Are you familiar with R Python? Probably not because that's what it. it I thought it's, it was, its use is to generate pi 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 right. Yeah. Um, so so wait. So back up. So yeah. so we're talking like, R pi versus C pi, correct? Yes, that's what yes. I'm wondering. Yes, okay. Yes, yes. Yes. So I have heard of pi pi and and looked at that and stuff. Yeah. But R pi I may have seen in passing. So R Python that sounds vaguely familiar. Is but I've definitely I, not used it somewhere somewhere in the fundamental building blocks of pi pi. Gotcha. Um, and so uh, in in that they were able to actually make uh, changes to 
the compiled version of PyPy that they run, mm. in which they disallow access to uh, certain system calls and mm. OS and Sys and things like that. So oh. they're they're running a uh, a mostly working Python interpreter. Um, but they had to build basically their own Python sandbox to run on these free so environments. So kind of like what uh, Android did with like JVM uh, on on an Android device. I've I've I'm not familiar with it. maybe yeah they they've it. nerfed they've nerfed it so know, that you don't, that you that, can't talk. I know to, there was that whole lawsuit yeah about yeah. about like duplication of some of that JVM stuff. But. Yeah yeah and and so you know you can download uh, Java IDEs and stuff. Um, and so I was like, oh, cool. Can I just write code on my phone to manipulate things on my phone? I think I wanted to find like all my files that were one type and do something with them, for instance. And uh, I could not access lower level APIs that actually access the device. And so those Java libraries weren't working the way they were supposed to. And that's what I had found out. It was, yeah. They, they put your JVM in a nice little sandbox that doesn't really know where it is. So so they had to build this this so think these are all the they're transpiling python to javascript they're running their own python interpreter but like the end result is actually again cool as an experiment not something i would ever use to build like a project for a client here. Mm. But i think there are some use cases for it. But you had something Tyrell? Oh no, i was just going to say that like i i'm i'm definitely in your camp like i think it's an awesome uh, how do I put it? The work of solving this, mm-hmm. creating this project, would be an exciting challenge. I don't know what problem it's solving. I I know you are describing a science fair project, right? <laughs> but and and so that's how it feels to me. And I don't mean yeah. that as a slight. Um, but I'm obviously, and this is where Hacker News never ceases to amaze me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made it to the front of Hacker News, and they're just heaped with praises in the comments. And I'm just like, really, really, on yeah. Hacker News, yeah. this just gets like all the love in the world of all of the things that's pretty. I've shocking. seen showered in love. That's pretty uh, shocking. Or showered in uh, urine on Hacker News, more accurately. Like mm-hmm. this is just like everybody's just like, this is awesome, man. Well, when I, I was is- like, what is happening? What what. What year is it right yeah. now? I don't know what's going on. I wouldn't on. expect that on a hacker. It's twenty nineteen, so of course this well, when, is what happens even, on hacker news. Like, <laughs> I, I don't I don't I don't align myself with the worst of hacker news. Um, but even I, like when I'm confronted with the idea of click and draw boxes and drag and drop build an app, right. I'm I I came into this super fucking skeptical. Yeah. Like uh, ready to poke holes in it. But I was I was impressed with the tech behind it and I did so I arrived on two things. I thought Actual use cases for this. One, data scientists who are really good at building algorithms and really lousy at building apps, because there are a lot of that. I don't mean lousy, that, that was inflammatory, but um, like it's just. It, it, but that's not what they so much, That's not what they do, right? right. Well, but just maybe because you're writing Python code for pandas and stuff like that doesn't mean you can build web apps. Well, right. I, think, I think you're onto something. I think that might be the market that. Uh, really would embrace a tool like this, and, that's what I think. and so I think that that's that's exactly who their their target demographic is. Is it's easy for me because I have always, um, with the exception of just like small scale one off apps in C sharp for right. Windows machines, all of my development has been the web world, and so to think of Python and think uh, and and to th- like. Like I to think of people who are programming in Python, 
who find the web development challenging and um, something to avoid, I'm just like, why? That that doesn't compute to me. Right. But for those people, and, and I know those people exist. I've worked with some of those people now, having worked in Python long enough, guys that are strict Python developers who've not done any web yeah. stuff or, or anything of that nature. You know, you mentioned data scientists or script guys or things yep. like that. Those people, to give them the ability, and for, for one, for them especially, you know, we, we love hating JavaScript uh, big time in here. But for those guys, that's a whole nother world yeah. of, of trying to have to figure out front end. Mm. And, yeah, and I we, like engineers to, have no idea. Like engineer engineers have no idea how to build any kind of UI. I know this is happening to you guys. How, how many times have you talked to someone who has some programming experience, but they're trying to get into web dev, and they're like, "Yeah, I wanted to look at it, and then the Webpack and Redux, and and then uh, and then I gave the fuck up because yeah. you should." Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. But like, uh, yeah, that's it's super, especially like the front end side of it has become so rapidly unapproachable mm. because of all the abstractions yep. and and, yeah. and like you, it's impossible. It's impossible to actually look at web dev as a newcomer to it at this point and see the actual underlying foundational, right. like what's happening here, right? You know, right. because uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's so many layers on top of that, and people are like, oh, you need you know this library, that library, that library, and I'm like, but I still don't fundamentally understand what HTTP is, right? And they're like, oh, we don't either. <laughs> uh, you know, like uh, it's at the beginning of my URL. See, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and I'm looking at their blog here, and I see you know they're they're talking about here access Microsoft. APIs from Anvil. And then I can think of maybe another use case too, where I know in, in my past being in tech support, um, you know, you can get uh, tier two, tier three guys that like can get charged with doing some one-off stuff that they don't really have the time to go deep and do a deep dive on it. They just have a time frame to get it working. Right. And, yeah. You know. So, no, so that's very true. There's move quickly on that kind of stuff. I thought about prototyping as well. Mm-hmm. Would mm-hmm. I actually prototype something? You know, when we're like early on in a project yeah. and people are like, really good use case for you it. know, before we can unlock, you know, the 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 budget to go spend a bunch of money on a on a big app project, like can you spend a week getting me something that's actually functional, it's actually running code, actually mm-hmm. talking to a database that I can present? Um and if I can do that with a drag and drop UI, that mm. may actually be um, a, that might actually be a use case where I would use it like at our business. Yeah, for us that's sure. that's uh, that's a potential use case right. for sure, right? Um, and so, and uh, you know, the the other one that we talked about the data science things. I mean, that's that's shit. That's a threat to us. How many apps have we built for people with a great algorithm and no idea how to build software around it? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So. Get that shit out of here. Uh, <laughs> cutting into my business. Yeah. Uh, you need the web wizards to help you out. That's uh, that's where we come in. Something else cool that it does, and I don't want to get into the security side of it because I don't. I neither know enough about this product or security in general to speak intelligently about it. But I, I know there's a vulnerability like vector there, or not not necessarily an attack vector, but there's there's an increased exposure. But they have this thing they call uh, an uplink, um, and what you can do is like um, install the uh, there's an uplink package um, uh, An- anvil uplink that you you pip install this module in a virtual environment mm-hmm. and then you import it and uh, you can authenticate in your anvil app from the website you can get an uplink code and it gives you like a token 
Mm. And then in your code, you import this and you authenticate with that token with a line of code. And I believe it even actually goes so far as to put um, like locals and globals in scope in your script. Mm. But what you can do is like you can um, like, you know, over, you can write some action and like print something out to your, you know, like print, if something happens, print the mm. result um, and then mm. go run something on the web app and it's actually printing in your console because the code's running on your machine, right. but the method that you've defined that the web app like in production has access to is actually executing code on your machine. It's routing it to over a web socket, mm. um, which is cool and it's bi-directional. You can also uplink and then import their database that they have mm. and actually from your local terminal be working with the productive database. So again, whole lot of security concerns around that, but outside of that, kind of cool. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, so it's pretty fascinating. It's all because of like this world of they've figured out how to build a framework you know, of of executing remote code and sending that over the wire with WebSockets. Yeah, that's interesting. And an interesting use of WebSockets. Yeah, too. totally. Apparently, the, 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 um, the guy who gave the talk last night also gave a talk at uh, PyCon 2017 in Portland. Oh, really? On Sculpt. Was I there? Were we there? That was, was the there? Year. that was the year. I think yeah. I was there. You were. I missed it. He hmm. said he is now a core contributor of Sculpt because they... So they forked Sculpt, and mm-hmm. they did something really interesting. We talk about this a lot, Alan, fighting your Java. Everyone spends <laughs> all their time trying to make JavaScript async or sync. Yeah, yeah. And everyone spends all their time trying to make Python async. It's, yeah. You know, um, th- think about all this communication <laughs> that's happening front end and back end over a WebSocket. Mm-hmm. But on the back end, you're making a database call, but all the, uh, all the shit on the front end side is actually asynchronous. Mm-hmm. Um, they went through some incredible hoops to fix that, mm. and they actually—that's now included in Sculpt, uh, as I understand it. They got that merged in the Sculpt core. Oh, okay. They've created their own kind of closure, if you will. Okay. Um, like you might have uh, a callback uh, system in vanilla JavaScript, or like the Promise system. Mm-hmm. Um, they called it. Oh, I don't want to. I don't remember what it's called now. It's like a deferred execution, um, and. I don't know. You'd have to read about it. We'll find it in the docs or something like that. I can't explain it off the top of my head, but essentially... Yeah, don't see it right, up, right on the top. I'm, I'm getting, looking at Sculpt. Got but. my text messages flowing in. Uh, they're like, stop talking shit about our product. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, essentially, like uh, JavaScript, it, it can return at any point um, what's happening in a function, but they've invented this object that is like a... Uh, they call it a suspension. And so they're suspending the execution of JavaScript... And it's kind of like um, in mm. Celery when you have an async result. Right. It returns instantly and you've got an object, but you can like pull it later to see like, are you actually done yet though? Mm. You know, that's how a promise works essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so they do that. But what it does is like at every way up and down the JavaScript call, call stack, it's saving like it's saving its state, all the locals, all the way up. And this might go like hundreds of functions calls deep. Um, and then when something tries to access like the terminal result of what came from the back end, all of those suspensions can resume. Mm. So like it's a, so they basically had to invent a new programming paradigm and then work that into sculpt. Um, and now that makes sculpt, I guess has provisions for that to make your front end, your, your transpiled Python to JavaScript run synchronously 
Blah, that that's, was a mouthful. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to have to do something with Sculpt just to, just to, see. Just to look, see it. Look at this. I got to show you guys. Sorry, listeners, you can't see it. But if you look at the I can't Sculpt see it dots. It's very, very small. Well, there's, there's print Hello World uh-huh. Python. We're all familiar with that. And then what you see below is what it transpiles to JavaScript yeah, there. It's ugly. Yeah, it he is. showed us some examples Oof. of it. Yeah. It, uh, it, like, it builds out an abstract uh it's it's sculpt is built like any other compiler. It does an abstract uh, abstract syntax tree, right? Um, and then goes through and translates that kind of bit by bit uh, from from Python to JavaScript. Yeah, it looks like it's uh, got some. But you get with some pretty illegible results. Yeah, I think like all the variables I are like a sequence. It's like a dollar sign global, yeah, which is an object, and that would. I presume store your globals, and you got a local. I think it, it that, looked like every yeah. every variable is prefixed with a dollar sign, so that mm. it doesn't collide with ah. uh, anything except jQuery. Um, <laughs> Nobody uh, uses that anymore. Or someone that accidentally <laughs> pasted some PHP into their <laughs> JS file. Um, but yeah, they're, they're like sequential, so you get some pretty gnarly stuff. Which is that was again one of my um, you know my objections, if you will. Was like you're telling me abstractions are bad, so use this particular set of abstractions that I've made for you. But at least you get to write Python. Also, look at this gnarly shit it generates in the middle. Like, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it was it, again. But if you look at his whole product, um, interesting. Yep, I concur. I'm trying to think. I don't know that I've seen anything quite like this uh, as in the Python world. Mm, of like a, a build a build web apps without writing JavaScript and use Python. Yeah, no, pretty sure this is uh, unique. Which I, I remember reading about it in um, Python Weekly mm. once upon a time because that came through, and of course that's the big tagline: like write Python and uh, quit writing JavaScript. I'm like, well, that sounds great. Yeah. I, the platform side, I guess, kind of reminds me a little bit of Python Anywhere, mm. sort of, sort of. In as much know. as it's a it's a infrastructure platform as a service, one or the other. I'm not sure which. We talked about this in an early episode, and mm. I still can't remember the distinction between them. Um, mm. But that's specific to b- deploying Python apps. You get a little sandbox Python environment. There's that part of it, but yeah. the, Python Anywhere still is like. Deploy regular old web app code absolutely to yeah. the server. You know, yeah. sure that's paths, yeah, paths, hard paths for me, <laughs> hard paths on the paths. <laughs> yep, Python anywhere is cool. That's uh, I uh, played around with that a, a few years ago. I have, an, I have an app out there somewhere. I don't, yeah. I don't even remember the URL. I know. But we I never talked about it a while back, and I went and, and looked looked mine up again. But uh, yeah, that's I think that's really where I learned about uh, Uwhiskey and, and Emperor mode, because the node that Python Anywhere gives you is running Uwhiskey and it's running it in Emperor mode, which makes sense. Does it mean you're sharing resources with other users? I think that's I, I what know, Emperor mode is is often for. Yeah, it's one Uwhiskey server, but the processes underneath it can be. Many different different Python code bases right. essentially that are running. Right. So I, I, you know, I don't know if you're sharing that with like other users, but it, you know, at least for you, like all of your apps that you built would live on that one virtual machine under the under the emperor. emperor. Yeah, as a vassal to the emperor. Yeah, and the vassals. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. No, develop. We're so damn clever. <laughs> <laughs> Too clever for our own good sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was that was another one of those recently. Oh, I think I was. 
I was kind of chuckling at Prometheus. Prometheus. That one, that one Is that the, the Kubernetes monitoring? Yes. Yeah, stack. so I was watching Tyrell like poke around with uh, Rancher, which oh, we did Rancher's yesterday. I told him, sweet. I told him about my, my Drupal instance that I set yep. up and destroyed. I don't know if you saw Casey, but it, it tore down the ELB. It does tear down that. the LB. It tears it down. That's fucking yep. sweet. Yep. Uh, yep. I did not turn off the Nginx node, nor did I turn off the Kubernetes cluster or the Rancher cluster that we built. That's, That's going to get expensive. We may need to stop it at least. <laughs> yeah. so just go go get, in there and stop those guys. Yeah. yeah. It's just going to get hit by uh, bots checking for yeah, but admin.php. The, the thing is, it's a C4 large and like two, oh, that's right. two M4 like, larges that's like right. just hanging out they right now. You, they encourage you to really... F- Feel out the room. Yeah, they. Yeah. 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 As I said, like, hey, if you're just trying it out, you know, treat yourself. Yeah. Like, go set up some big ass servers. You know, <laughs> see see how it works. And and we did. And I forgot to turn. Where's off. your? Go ahead and leave your credit card here on the desk. And I think go we, drive that Ferrari around. I believe we have um, three nodes in the Rancher cluster, three nodes in the Kubernetes cluster, a master node. No, Rancher doesn't have a master node. And uh, and EKS, an mm. EKS cluster, which has a flat fee in AWS. We have yep. a, that's probably a cool $1,000 a month if I don't turn that off. <laughs> we should tear that <laughs> down. A three-node Rancher cluster? That is their that's high-availability the configuration. Yeah. So, okay, think about it this way. I get it, because if I were, um, if I were using Rancher to run my stack of services at Megacorp, Right, and I might be running forty Kubernetes clusters. Mm. I really don't want the tool because because when you're in the Rancher ecosystem, you're using Rancher to access yeah, those things. Everything. It's yeah. doing all the magic yeah. for you. I don't know where the hell these resources are. Even if I'm in my AWS I need my account, reports. Where'd this app go? Exactly. And you're like, oh no, oh, I'll uh, hold on, I'll so get you, it. Like, see, oh, well, Rancher's yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, so you don't want Rancher going down. So that's why it's there. But we'll and and for us, we'll probably run that on high availability. I'm a fan of. I don't know if we need like. You know, three nodes and different availability. Because, like you said, yeah. we're cross we're, we're not managing forty clusters. That's not right. Yet. Right. Well, that's <laughs> working on it. To yep. me, that's where I'm like, maybe I'm, that's the cheapo in me. Is just like, if if the ops server is the thing that goes down, that's eh, no big deal. Just go fire it back up. Don't run a run, restart nginx and and have it going again. Mash button. As long as everything else is highly available, I don't need the thing that true. distributes stuff to be highly yeah. available. You would be in a really bad shape. Um, if your rancher yeah, cluster went down, exactly. Because if you're if you're having an urgent problem with your rancher cluster being down, that's because one of your Kubernetes clusters is also down. Right. <laughs> that's why you're getting yeah. there in the first place. Yeah. And then it's like bad fucking luck. We don't want you in any, there anyway. Like mm-hmm. hand off keyboard. You're breaking shit. Yep. Um, maybe we should take a step back though. Yeah. Alan, can you succinct succinctly describe what rancher? Oh yeah. Is Tell us about the rancher. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So rancher is uh, it's. Let's back to the PAS and the SAS, or the SAS and the PAS. And the IAS. Yeah. Uh, so I guess, I don't know if it's a, a SAS, I guess. But anyway, it's... it's That's uh, my DJ name, by the way. <laughs> DJ, DJ IAS. DJ SAS. Oh, I, oh DJ yeah. IAS. I'll be SAS. So Rancher is a... Uh, uh, a service that will manage your Kubernetes clusters for you. So you spin up a rancher stack in your AWS. Or in, anywhere, really. Anywhere, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for us it's AWS. And then you can manage a, a Kubernetes stack in Azure, Google Cloud, 
or AWS and other AWS accounts because it'll just, just use uses, API keys yeah. to communicate to these other um, Kubernetes services, basically. So, so for us, it means that we can actually use Rancher on our own infrastructure to run it and maintain it and actually maintain Kubernetes clusters on client infrastructure. Yep. Provided we get some damn AWS keys. Yeah. I'm looking at you, large mm. national brand. Mm-hmm. That didn't give us AWS mm-hmm. keys. No, they put us in a nice little box. Gave us a ham sandwich with AWS written on a post-it note, stuck to the side of it, and said, "That's the AWS login." Here it is. Kevin <coughs> yelled as when we couldn't do all the things. But was it like on a like a nice sourdough though? At least no. No, it was one of those oh, weird was... ones with like the raspberries and shit in it. Yeah, cranberries. Yes. Actually, have you ever? <laughs> Cram- I've ever had the cranberry bread from Stone no, Mill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is good. That is next level. Yeah, true, true that. Good. I need to find rye bread. We need to talk about that after this, but I need to find a dark rye, and I don't know where to get one around mm. here. All right, I know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, need, I need your rye guy, man. I know. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> give, I don't give his number out, man. I don't know if that's I'm cool. So I gotta call him. Yeah, gotta, yes, I'll call him up be. and see. But like that, I don't know, man. Just for everyone listening, that is not a euphemism. I'm convinced Tyrell literally needs some dark rye bread. It's I, true. It, that is true. Yeah, like, I believe I'm not, that. I'm not like trying to be like CD and be like, "Can I borrow your green sweater, bro?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I need dark rye bread. Yeah, I need cheese. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, the lie there was that I don't have a rye guy. But I'll help you look. Yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So I, Rancher. Yeah, Rancher. rancher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty so cool. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, setting up Kubernetes is uh, not fun. It's not trivial no. either. Yeah. Even with like cops. Yeah. Which makes it better. It does make it better. But it's not, you know, I, I don't want to be clicking and dragging boxes and forms and shit building my Python web app, but I'm perfectly comfortable <laughs> <laughs> building my Kubernetes yeah, cluster do, with a form. Yes, yeah. let me build the infrastructure of, of Let me of click everything the buttons and Hell see a yeah. nice little dashboard. It's like here. I'm 100% here cool with that. Yeah. I mean, it is a little different, I'll say, because it's that's running basic scripts. Yeah. Like we, we, that's repeatable. Understand what it's doing. Totally. Yeah. You're not instructing the machine on the actual business logic. Yeah. Right. That's exactly. Where, that's where that's, I want my hands yeah. in the ground. Right. You know. I mean, you got to draw the line somewhere. Am I going to like make my own operating system because I don't want to trust Mac OS? You know, yeah. like yeah, yeah. no, I no, no. People smarter than me uh, built Mac OS. But JavaScript hasn't pissed me off enough yet mm. to use a. That's I don't know. It'd be cool to write Python on the front end. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I just don't want to do it using that transpiled method. Yeah, it would be neat if a browser could interpret Python. That Mozilla, would, that would be. Are you listening, Mozilla? Firefox, do it. You're the only one left who help, yeah, would do it. Be one yeah. to <laughs> Python in the browser. What could go wrong? Uh, but uh, yeah, so Rancher's cool. We've been playing with that. Mm-hmm. That's gonna that's gonna be a cool thing for us. We get to manage infrastructure in a lot of different places, mm-hmm. um, and you know to have just like the repeatability. Uh, that was one thing I didn't like. We ran an app on Kubernetes. Uh, we we've run some before, mm-hmm. and we had one for a while, and we never really got comfortable with the cluster setup. We'd like tear it down and put it back up, but that was it was all manual, and then we tweak config yeah, by and hand. And, dude, when we stood that thing up too, um, they didn't have the 
ingress controllers. Oh that yeah, they that didn't now. exist yet. Yeah, yeah, that literally wasn't a thing where we stood up and it was like, cool. Uh, so let's. Uh, My app's S- in there. SSL. There's no windows on it. Yeah. I can't see it, but I'm, you know. And how do I do SSL termination? And they're like, yeah, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, definitely Kubernetes is, is getting more and more, um, I mean, it's always been robust, but it's getting yeah, more and more, more mainstream like, usable, uh, yeah. as engineers, but ranchers uh, looking super sweet. And that was a parting gift to us from Hayden, who we must pour one out for Hayden's last day. He's uh, today at Lofty. He's moving to Austin folks. Yeah. Somewhere down there. Right the. Right, the Ruby get doing, back on the rails. He's doing. He's, he's getting he's, on the rails. He's, getting, he's he was off the rails when he was here. Yeah, uh, he's going back on rails. I think he's going to like a fintech. Fintech, yeah, uh, yeah, thing. So that's cool. Yep. We, we wish him well. Moving yeah, down there with his lady friend. And I know you know fintech's something uh, that he's definitely interested in. And uh, you know it's uh, it's been a pleasure working close to Hayden for the last two years. So yep, he'll he'll so. be. Uh, I'm sure he will join us on the show. Uh, as a guest, maybe a remote guest, he said he'll be up here, yeah. back up this way, yeah, uh, fairly often. So we'll we will see him again. But he did uh, he did do all this homework on Rancher, mm-hmm. and he and he mic dropped it on us yesterday. Like check this shit out, yeah, you know. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, if I had to sum it up real quick, which Jesse asked me to do yesterday, our project manager, and I was like, he was like like a three word sentence. What is Rancher? And I was like, I can't do that. That's I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it's sort of like um, like EKS and like you know the others. They have their name for their Kubernetes managed service, yep. but it's sort of like that. But anywhere, like you don't have to be dependent upon you know this platform's Kubernetes management service necessarily. And and then even then, there are some benefits to using both. We're actually using Rancher to provision an Amazon EKS cluster, right? Because uh, EKS. Uh, because they're running their own masters, AWS special Black Magic masters mm. um, are doing their own sort of auto scaling. So, mm-hmm. so doing auto scaling of your within the cluster is one thing, mm-hmm. right? But doing auto scaling of the nodes, the resources of the cluster itself, is a whole other thing um, that people have. There's there's different solutions. There's like there's shit that you can run within the cluster that you know manages that it's taking up some of your cluster's resources doing it but mm-hmm. um, EKS uh, can you can configure that also from a GUI and just say I want always 20% CPU overhead right. so you just keep right. throwing you know workloads at it mm-hmm. hey I want this you know pod or, or 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 this container running and I want it to have access to three CPUs and EKS is like cool I only have one and a half, so I'm going to go ahead and slot in another node and just handles all that stuff for you, which yeah. is pretty badass. Yeah. Also, very dangerous for Your the old wallet. wallet. <laughs> <laughs> Auto scale comes with a, a price tag. Yep. 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 It's just like, hey, can I, can I get another server? Wallet. It's like, yep, just. Uh, what was the last name on the tab? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but fun stuff. Yep. Heroku. All over again. Mm. Those dinos, man. Those dinos mm-hmm. eat your wallet fast. True. Yeah. Uh, I I was kind of excited. What was that other thing Hayden had showed us was Rio. Yes. Oh, Which yeah. is made by Rancher. Yep. Uh, the, the company, I guess Rancher is the best. Rancher Labs maybe is the company. Mm-hmm. Um, which looked incredibly cool because it was basically 
um, something you run on Kubernetes that that turns it even more like a platform as a service, right? Basically, more Heroku like, yeah, get pushed, deploy, that's sort of, you know, that's sort of the missing part. So we played around with Rancher yesterday, and it was cool to, you know, you can you get these catalogs. Rancher has some built in. Uh, you can and turn, it uses Helm. Yeah, Helm and you can and turn on catalog. you can turn on Helm, and then it'll give you Helm charts. And so what I had done is I turned on like uh, stable Helm charts. You can go the next level and turn on experimental ones as well that haven't been labeled stable, so you get the bleeding edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were digging through that, and that's where we click a button, and then we got a Drupal app. Casey clicked a button, and he had an Nginx server. Um, but how do we deploy our app? You know. Like you, we would we still have to deploy it to a Kubernetes cluster. Totally. So that's where Rio kind of comes in to yeah. to make that easier. Manages as well. that part of it. I mean, definitely. Um, I th- I I think uh, I need to read more before I um, spread misinformation. But I do believe don't in, shark. in my very yes. I can't. I don't want to do. That. I don't want to repeat that. There's <laughs> a blemish on the image of this show. Um, but <laughs> in the office, it happens every day, though. Yes, totally. The pea sharking. <laughs> but um, I, I, I did see that there are some some things in Rancher that assist in deployment beyond just vanilla hmm. um, Kubernetes. But even so, um, definitely Rio. Mm-hmm. The whole new next level of that, yeah. Um, so, get push, and now I've got yeah, and like you could stage, you could like. Um, you know, you could you could make a version of your app. You make some changes to it. You could stage it and very quickly have like DNS up and running for it. Mm. Um, and then uh, you could do what was really cool was like you could stage a new version of your app, and then you could do mm. like traffic Allocate split. Yep. traffic yeah. Yeah. like A/B testing. You could, yeah, you yeah. could have like all right. I think we're there. We're staged. So this is so like a quarter of yeah, traffic so on the, diver, new, yeah, diver, the new version. But percentage yeah. of traffic to the, the yeah. one you want to test. This is real staging. Yep. Not the staging that most of us do, us included, where we like have a staging environment and we run a production deploy to and like it. Pretty much we're the ones yeah. that test it. And, yeah. and well, yeah. and we look at it and we make sure the deploy script's running and we're like, okay, cool. That's probably going to work in production too. And then we deploy to production. But this is like real staging where you stage release. And then you promote that to being your new production. Yes. Except that it gives you the tool to like, let's try 5% traffic, right? And monitor your error levels and you can immediately roll it back. Yep. And then when you're ready, you promote that up and those new version pods come out. I mean, th- that part of it was what was really slick about Rio. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was that was pretty awesome. Yeah. So I'm excited to experiment more with that. I don't know enough about it to yeah, no, say I, whether or not we can actually use it in production, but I'm definitely going to play with it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if anyone can. Um, I know Rio is is like bleeding. It's pretty, edge. pretty, pretty new. Yeah. I remember when we were looking at it. It was like uh, they committed we, they were commits yesterday. Like yeah, yeah, yesterday <laughs> so, in, yeah. in like in a in like a in master. Um, yeah. So. It, it, it considers itself a micropaz. Micropaz. So there we go. Nice, a new term. I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, maybe we can get into WordPress hosting after all. Just we make it totally hands off, and <laughs> yeah, and and see how hard it is to scratch out a living for nine dollars a month and compete with Bluehost. Mm, that sounds kidding. fun. That sounds like a yeah. just a wonderful, wonderful time. That's not stressful at yeah. all. <laughs> we won't, no support, just hosting. Yeah. Again. Yeah, I'm looking at that. PHP well, we'll thing. give you a number to call. Yeah, 
<laughs> Not sure if anyone will answer. Some nice it's Matt Mullenweg's number. It's his, <laughs> it's his cell phone number. Matt Mullenweg? Mark Mullenweg? Matt, I think so. I don't know. Either creator of, those of, people. Of, of WordPress? Oh, I don't know. The creator Mol- of WordPress. Mullen, person. Mullenweg? I just Matt Mullenweg is his name. Oh, okay. I had always, I guess, assumed WordPress just kind of evolved on its own. Just kind of, bloop, there's WordPress. Yeah, it just... Uh, it, <laughs> It just metastasize on the internet. Yeah, you went for a run and left your sweaty socks on, and uh-huh. the next thing you know, you had a WordPress. See, I was thinking it was. I was thinking it was more like this. Uh, this like standing water outside the building in the yeah. big, the big uh, old grain silo pool. That's the like, internet. Yeah. like like thirty years ago. It was like it started with algae, and yeah. it was uh, it was a primordial soup, so to speak. But of just and gross then the WordPress pizza. came out of it. Yeah, or just not all of. WordPress, just like styles.css, like <laughs> came out of there. <laughs> Which is why that's where you put your plugin information in the damn CSS file to name your to name your theme. Mm. Um, I got I got to uh, back up. Like WordPress is great for a blog, probably. totally, maybe. Yeah, we don't run our blog on. No, WordPress. I would I would use Wagtail, but. Uh, <laughs> if I didn't want to write any code or anything and someone and they like, I need a blog. Like, yeah, you could spin that up super easy here. We recommend go. WordPress all the time when well, it makes sense. It, uh, but people abuse it. Is, absolutely. Is the thing. But you know, I see that shit all the time. Well, I was going to say the name of the wrong thing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's it? Square the right That's thing. why you Squarespace. Ah. Yeah, you use Squarespace for stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, I see. Also, Squarespace, give us money because I said Squarespace like five times. And this is it a podcast? And you guys are all yeah. over podcasts. It's yeah. podcast land. Don't act like yeah. we don't, don't know act- that you're out here. Um, like I'm a little offended. Money. They haven't sent us a check yet. Use Squarespace. Maybe, maybe they were waiting <laughs> for us to say Squarespace. <laughs> I, they're just like that's all we needed. We've got a, we've got there. a bot that's just parsing every podcast, in, waiting for somebody to say in Squarespace. Squarespace's defense. I haven't checked the mailbox today. Okay, there oh, could be a check. There could be a Squarespace a email from Squarespace in our inbox. It's Squarespace at squarespace.com as I recall. Use yeah. Squarespace. I don't know if we are triggering. <laughs> uh, I don't know if we're triggering their the bot that reaches out. Um, for like sponsorship requests, or if we're triggering the bot that reaches out mm. for a trademark violation, yeah, probably, uh, uh, yeah, both, <laughs> same AI, yeah, same, same, same neural AI. network. Take uh, a sponsorship, no, curve. well then trademark violation. <laughs> well then, in that case, Wix. Have you heard of Wix? <laughs> you know, you know why I've heard of Wix because I look up, uh, you know, like advanced uh, web programming topics and then i get hit with a wix, uh, wix commercial yeah. yeah go ahead like no stop looking up like yeah. react native <laughs> you t- yeah. have you heard of this wix it's hard yeah are you tired uh-huh. of redux and state management yeah. wix.com <laughs> no one answering your craigslist ad for a technical co-founder so you think you're going to learn react yourself <laughs> come on over here buddy wix Swipe that credit card. Did you try a boot camp but decide halfway through they weren't giving you enough beer? (laughs) Wix.com. Now you've got more time to drink beer. (laughs) But less money. Um, (laughs) Just ask your dad for more. Hmm. (laughs) 
I feel like that was like uh, like like keeping it in the air. Yeah, it was really good. It was, that was a nice volley. Was. That was, oh, a, good was a good volley. volley. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah well, I don't know why I'm doing my hands. This was hacky sack. Is what <laughs> no, that I, was. Yeah, I cut back. Except I you was... can't use your hands with hacky sack. That's what uh, I meant. No. I don't know why I'm using my hands. Uh, I should have been, but yeah. matter. You fuckers can't see what I'm doing with my hands or my feet. But no. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll live stream again maybe one day, and then you can see all that. It has been requested. It has, and. It's probably going to Maybe kind of going to happen. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know if it'll only be for Patreon people, but you should, uh, oh, that's a good should, definitely, idea. You should definitely donate for good measure. Oh, man. Well, that um, definitely helps convince us to do it. I'm only going to post the public YouTube link behind the paywall. <laughs> Just kidding. Just, Just kidding. don't search for Lofty Labs on YouTube, whatever mm. you do. No, we're on the honor system here. Yeah, what do we do to you? You know. Yeah, um, we don't make CBD oil. We you can come trust to find us. Out. Yeah, our old office. Hey, uh, that got. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. That the. Uh, yeah, our our old office. You got. Can you talk? I want you to talk about this. Yeah, uh, about going. You had to, some tea. Yeah, I, uh, I had kava. How was that? It, it was uh, dirt water mm. that they tried to conceal with coconut milk and mm-hmm. some sweetener. Yep. Uh, it's supposed to just <laughs> relax you, kind of like a like chamomile on steroids. Mm. And it did. I can't tell if it did that, but I don't think it did. You were. Um, I was kind of stressed yesterday. Yeah, you were. You seemed mellowed. Uh, I did. I, did it. Did it feel like? But, I don't know if it you was all, just you, distance, distancing myself from the situation. Yeah, you yeah. Did go on a scooter. Right. You, you walked did, away yeah, from was, the pole on a scooter and that helps. Scooting around, I was just like that place turned into a kava bar, and that place was that place our was former office, the former office of and Lofty Labs. You didn't realize it. No, you were in the place. Not until I, I walked up and talked to the young woman serving beverages for a moment, and then. Said, can I use the restroom? And on my way to the back, it hit me like a bolt of lightning, the building I was in, and I literally laughed out loud. <laughs> and then went, I'll explain that laugh when I come back. Because it's not often people just laugh when they get to the bathroom at a place. I was assume. Hey, what, and I was the only other person in there besides the, the person running it. Now so I have to ask you a question. Yeah, yeah. I have to ask a okay. question. Yep. What better place to ask it than you're too? Uh, is the murder closet still? Oh yeah. What was what was the status of the murder closet? I did not get to see the murder closet. So then it's. Are not you familiar there. with the murder closet? I guess not. There was this uh, maybe uh, murder murder closet. Closet. <laughs> there was a murder closet. <laughs> at least not. I, I at least don't know of it as the murder closet. Okay, so, I was not. A, yeah, I was. Let not me a let me set the let me set the scene. All right. So, at the time, so, so we had it's uh, a rainy day. Yeah, uh, it's a rainy day. Uh, we got like nine people in the office. We've all gone to eat at JJ's. We've come back. We've enjoyed beer and uh, and again nine of us in a single serving. Uh, single, stall. single stall yeah yes and uh and so uh after you you know took care of your business and you're feeling more relaxed uh there's there's a strange closet door like over in the corner it's like a and, louver door yeah it's a louver door and eventually a louver door like a like so a, it's like got window the little louvers, slats like the wood slats in it and, like a, and like a shutter can, or like a plantation. Yeah, yeah okay. okay. Which those did you, work because that's where it started for me. Where I'm all like, oh, those work. And then right. you know, after a while, you get more comfortable, and then you open it up. <laughs> and you, <laughs> it takes a couple weeks to work up to opening the murder closet. <laughs> and uh, and it's about it's about like what you expect. There's there's um 
there there's a sink in there. I guess you could call it that. It's like a janitorial sink. It's one, yeah, it, 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 that's exactly what it is. It's, the 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 spigot and knobs are probably about waist high off the ground, mm-hmm. but the bottom of it is at floor level. So it's got like a drain in the bottom for like a mop bucket or a murder cleanup. Yep. Um, and there was a broken plunger. <laughs> And there was there. shit in there when like, we moved when in we moved and we, nobody in. touched it. Was, it. Yeah. yeah, but no. it was really grimy too. Yeah. Is this as part of it? Like, it, you yeah, know, um, you just look like it. I'm pretty sure I saw this closet in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, it, it was pretty gnarly. <laughs> so we just closed it and pretend like it wasn't there, but it always was. And it had uh, someone had built like a shelf, and so we laughed about it, going like, "Well, hey, that could be our." <laughs> That could be our shower in the office because the drain was at floor level. Yeah, hook up like a uh, a shower wand, you know, and you could do that thing. The amount, of, to work the amount of laughter coming out of Alan gets me really excited for the climax of this story. No, 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 that's I don't think the story is climax. No, it's not he's going anywhere. He's just he's seen the murder closet. He's imagining someone basking in a warm shower in it. Yeah, I'm it ima- didn't have hot water. No, I'm imagining, and and the you're ima- you like you paint the picture of a nice uh, shower head. Like I'm imagining. A cut off garden hose, <laughs> yeah. like a green cut off garden. Hose. More appropriate, <laughs> true. A yeah. uh, couple, couple problems with the with the shower plan in the murder closet. Number one, uh, no hot water. Ironically, because the second problem is that the headroom, and I'm a short dude, mm. uh, was like collarbone height for me because they had put in a shelf with like a half hot water heater tank in it. So you couldn't get in the murder mm-hmm. closet shower because of the hot water heater, <laughs> but it also didn't have hot water. That is that, <laughs> that is went, beautifully that ironic. went elsewhere. Yeah, uh, who yeah. knows? Or it wasn't turned on. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, you'd have to really. So now imagine uh, what you're imagining was a nice shower. Yeah, uh, kind of thing. But what it actually is, it would be like um, um, if Gollum were taking a shower <laughs> in his cave because you're like squatted down at floor level, like. <laughs> You know? <laughs> Precious. That was, that was the murder closet. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. yeah. So well, we uh, we we've upgraded quite a bit since then. Yeah. We got a real shower mm-hmm. used uh, in this building. Today. Real shower. We have separate shower mm. and murder closet. I haven't found the murder closet. Oh, there's a couple in this building. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's somewhere. They have a they have a a, a really uh, a good one. Um, there's like a conduit panel for electrical right next to the elevator. Mm. So it's the elevator electrical and water and stuff like that. And there's a there's a door on each oh, floor. Yeah. But the it's just wide open. So if you climb in there, it's mm. a it's a garbage chute to the basement. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. That is a murder closet. Yeah. 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 It's not for cleaning up your murder. <laughs> no, it's for it's, perpetuating <laughs> one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh uh, man. Yeah. Have and there's um I might be making it up, but I think there's a door Somewhere up, like on uh, the third floor, I guess. That's like mm, half, a couple. halfway. <laughs> there are. It's kind of like how I read. Like <laughs> been reading my whole life. I don't know if you guys know this, but there are doors <laughs> in this building, in the world. Uh, and uh, yeah, but I mean, it, it, there's a door that's like halfway up the wall, though. Yeah, there's some there's some like little roof access ones to get to the AC units, but they're like at weird levels. Yeah, so that's fun when you first find that. You're like, what? All right, well. I think we need yeah. to. I think it's. I think it's a week. Time to call it. Yep. Um, two for you, the listener. Two action items. Number one, mm. go check out our Patreon um, and see if that's something you're interested in. 
This is why I hired sales out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have to? I don't, go look at it and maybe buy it or I don't know. It's yeah. dumb. I'm dumb. Or, or, <laughs> like, is your, do wall, it, is do your wallet too big for your pocket now? <laughs> <laughs> That's when we need to threaten do it or we'll bring Seth back on an episode. Seth's going to come in here and, and we're going to have a, we're going to have a sellathon. He's going to have the headset on and the operator standing by. Number two, uh, go leave us a five-star review on iTunes, but instead of actually writing in a review of the show, tell us your murder closet story. Oh, uh, I like that. Yeah, and so we'll check those out in a week. Well, maybe we'll read the best one on the show. Yeah. yeah. You'll get a shout-out. So. Yeah. All right, well, it's been a week. I'm tired. Let's go home. Right. See ya. Deuces. Thanks for listening to Friday Afternoon Deploy, recorded and produced by the team at Lofty Labs. If you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe to future episodes via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also follow at Friday Deploy on Facebook and Twitter for episode previews, live streams, and other behind-the-scenes peaks. Past episodes and show notes on this episode can be found at friday.hirelofty.com. That's friday.h-i-r-e-l-o-f-t-y.com. If you'd like to contact the show, or if you're local to the Northwest Arkansas area and would like to be a guest on the show, you can email us at podcast at higherlofty.com.